What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Good Games Live, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Monday right here at twitch.tv slash what's good games. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello! I'm dying over these emotes in chat. <laughs> welcome, everybody, to another wonderful Monday. Brittany, I have to thank you for providing those fantastic photos of Reb. <laughs> They were very easy to make into emotes. He's very expressive. He, he gets it from me, as you can tell. He can do weird things with his face. Yes, he Wait. can. Thank you to everybody who is a subscriber to our Twitch channel here. We are officially Twitch partners, part of the partner program. I know we've been talking about that for a while and we just had some things in in the mix, so we had to wait to sign our partner agreement. But now it's official, so of course we get more emails unlocked. So if you are a subscriber, you get access to those, including John Drake finally got his first email. <laughs> I have some I have some more coming for Steimer, for Re, and for John. We have a lot more ideas in the works, but I got quite a few up over the weekend. That's so what she said. Yeah. If you haven't checked them out yet, <laughs> they're pretty fun. And don't forget, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you get a free Twitch subscription every single month. And while we know it's a little bit of a pain in the butt to go and resub, we do really appreciate all of the support, everybody. So thank you so much to that, to everybody who has subscribed. And don't forget, Twitch is still doing their Pride and Black Lives Matter promotional push for the month of June into July through July 15th. If you guys gift a sub, if you cheer at least 300 bits, or if you buy a sub, so if you gift a sub to the community, if you buy a sub, or if you cheer at least 300 bits, you get one of the exclusive Pride 2020 emotes, and someone in the community gets one gifted to them. Plus, Twitch is donating money to two fantastic charities, up to $300,000, I believe, and if you guys want all those details, you can hit that Pride command in the Twitch chat. So, Brittany. Yeah. There, there's a lot happening in the next, like... 72 hours here let's get games so it was a busy weekend for you you finally finished tilu 2 oh i sure did oh i and sure did we're gonna have lots to say about it when we do our the last of us part two spoiler cast which is going to be our episode this friday and you guys may have seen on Twitter that there will be no What's Good Games Live next Monday because we are taking a What's Good Games summer break. And I think that it's long overdue. We need to take some time off, Brittany. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just been – it's this year has been about five years. And I think I thought it would be a slower year because with, you know, a literal pandemic going on. But, oh, no, the Internet does not allow things to slow down, ladies and gentlemen. The Internet keeps things a-going, going, going. So it's been very busy for all of us, and I think we're going to benefit greatly from this. Just a reminder, it's okay to take some time off from time to time. Absolutely. And speaking of which, there will not be a hiccup in your Friday episode. So even though we will be taking some time off, uh, you'll still get plenty of What's Good Games content, including our stream with our friends at GameSpot tomorrow. That's happening from 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. We will be hosting it here on our Twitch channel, and you'll be able to also see it at GameSpot.com and a variety of other links, which we'll be posting on our Twitter account, What's Good underscore Games, if you aren't following us there. And then next Friday... We will be posting our Game of the Year so far discussion, and then we'll be back live right here on the Twitch channel on Sunday, July 12th for Ubisoft Forward. So no shortage of content. Plus, we have at least one, potentially two extra videos 
that are going up between now and the Ubisoft Forward live stream because we have some embargoed stuff we can't talk about. Uh, we're so important. We have embargoed information. It's true. We played some things that we can't talk about. Uh, um, that's probably it for the announcements. Yeah, I think it is. We did All the right. Thing. Okay, thanks for tuning in to today's What's Good Games Live. We'll see you Sunday, July 12th for Ubisoft Forward. That's Goodbye, it. everybody. Bye. Just kidding. <laughs> we have a show to do. We're such jokesters. Okay. We are. We're jokesters. Okay, let's get into the news, shall we? You guys may have heard a little story <sighs> broke last Friday where a guy named Dr. Disrespect got banned from this very platform. Hey, guys. That guy. So let me run you guys down some of the details about what happened last week. So this write-up comes from Kotaku. Initially, people suspected that Dr. Disrespect had tripped a wire in Twitch's increasingly aggressive DMCA detection system. But that does not appear to be the case, because in case you missed it, we still don't know why Dr. Disrespect was banned. Industry insider and journalist Rod Slasher Breslau said on Twitter that according to his sources, the ban is permanent. Streamer Shannon, Shannon Z. Killer Plant, said that she'd heard the same from her own sources, adding that the issue is, quote, serious. Three sources close to Twitch have told Kotaku that the ban is permanent as well. When reached for more information on why Dr. Disrespect has been suspended and for how long, a Twitch representative told Kotaku in an email, as is our process, we take appropriate action when we have evidence that a streamer has acted in violation of our community guidelines or terms of service. These apply to all streamers, regardless of status or prominence in the community. Twitch is refunding viewer subscriptions to Dr. Disrespect's channel and removing his emotes as well. It appears the platform has revoked his partner status too. And... Just as a, like a little aside, today more people have been spreading a video of the last few minutes of his final stream on his channel, which have been very interesting to kind of you know uh, address and, and look at. So, Britt, did you get a chance to watch this video at all? I read about moments? it. I just have so much energy I can dedicate to Doctor Disrespect, but I did yeah. read about it. <laughs> so I watched it, and it was very odd that he decided to show a video of of um, Roblox, Roblox or something. Roblox, yeah, Roblox. I was, and I was just like, "That's not something he streams." And he was showing somebody else's video, not his own. And at the very, very end of the video, he says, "I appreciate everyone watching today. We'll we'll get through this Champions Club. I know it's tough. Life's weird right now. We'll get through this." Uh, and then he says, "Fuck," and then he kind of like does this weird like head shake like he's like pissed or sad or upset or something and the stream is just done huh so it, it looked like he really was looking weird. at his phone or something yeah yeah okay okay hmm. Mm-hmm. so i don't know what happened but then later on in the day he tweeted or maybe it wasn't that day maybe it was the day after he tweeted champions club twitch has notified me has Twitch has not notified me on the specific reason behind their decision. Firm handshakes for the support during this difficult time, Dr. Disrespect. So there's been a lot of people who have been trying to, you know, look at that and say, well, he doesn't say a reason. He says specific reason. So it's yeah. like the Twitch gave him a reason, but not a specific one. I was like, I don't know. Kind of feel like if Twitch had a multi-million dollar deal with Dr. Disrespect, which he's rumored to have with them, oh, yeah. they would give him a very specific reason why he was breaching his contract. Didn't he just sign that a couple months ago, too? Correct. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like if something's happening like that, you have to know. Like, take a scan throughout your body and still be like, what did I do? How did I fuck up this time? That could cause me to lose all of... All of what I've built. So if you look at Slasher's Twitter as well, he did tweet this out, which I thought was interesting. 
Food for Thought, Twitch does not issue specific reasons for streamers, oh, two streamers for permanent bans. Method Josh was banned following a report of sexual assault, and Twitch has never commented publicly or privately. Uh, they were told other TOS violations. So there's a good chance that we'll never get an official statement from Twitch as to why this occurred, but I, I mean, this is a pretty serious deal. I mean, it has to be for this to happen. The The rumor of all of this, I don't know, have you heard of this thing called Brime, Andrea? I have not, actually. Okay, so the conspiracy theory, or the rumor, if you will, is that Ninja Shroud and Doc are starting their own Spotify-backed streaming service, and Doc was banned for breaking his recently signed Twitch contract and trying to poach other streamers. Now, I don't know how legit that is, but as of right now, my understanding is that's the number one current thought as to why everything went down. So he was... Wait, I maybe I missed something. He was trying to poach streamers to go to a different platform? I see this is where I, I don't quite understand it, but I think what the story is trying hmm. to tell us is that since this whole thing with Mixer just went down, Ninja and Shroud were like, nah dog, we're gonna we're not gonna sign with Facebook gaming. We're gonna start our own Spotify backed streaming service. And apparently, according to this, whoops, Doc was on board with that. That's that's just this theory. He was on board with it and he was gonna steal people to come over and join their platform. And there's a whole bunch of shit about it, but like I said, whatever, that's his life go on with your literal bad self. But, uh, yeah, if you want to look into it, you can, friends. I think it's all all over the internet. Cool. Yeah, it looks like Paul Tassi over at Forbes.com did a write-up about it. And, I mean, it's a really good conspiracy theory and would absolutely explain why they would, like, scorched earth him because (laughs) that was 100% against his agreement. You know, it's because it's against... It's against our agreement, and I guarantee his agreement is way more strict than ours. Yeah. Uh, and so that would make sense, but again, like, we're talking we need some need some evidence. And honestly, I don't know why at this point of the game Spotify would want to get into the video streaming business specifically, knowing how much more infrastructure it would take for them to get it up and running and also looking at like how Microsoft failed at it, and Microsoft is way bigger than Spotify. But there was also reports that Alphabet was going to buy Spotify. I saw today as well, and that to me is would be a whole different, whole different ball of wax. Yeah, but, like if Alphabet buys Spotify, they wouldn't do streaming on Spotify. They would just do YouTube streaming because Alphabet is Google. <laughs> it's like well. I don't know. Something, uh, something in this story just isn't lining up. Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, if it is this brime thing, which sounds a little unlikely, but if that's the case, I guess the bright side of that would be that no one was hurt, no one was assaulted, no crime was really committed. I mean, there was a contract breach, but I mean, in terms of like a little other human probably being hurt, you know, so cool. Because yeah. some, some of the tweets have been deleted since this whole story broke, and it was sounding like it was a very serious crime because everything was being taken away from him and blah 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 and your first thought is well with all these recent allegations coming out you know it has to be doesn't have to be but science lean toward that but then i remind myself that brit this is not your life you are not dr disrespect you should not consume yourself with other people's drama as much as this so i step back that's true you can just step back i just step back and i play tlu too all weekend yeah, I'm sure that that was a very relaxing experience Oh, it's experience very for therapeutic you. and incredibly <laughs> relaxing. What a happy, positive game that one is. Oh, boy. Also, hey, Ree, how's it going? We see you in the chat. 
Hey, no more drama 2020. Yes, Re, I'm with you. Let's go. Um, I mean, also related really get much worse, can it? To, Please. To Twitch, do we want to talk about this most recent suspension on Twitch? Oh, huh. yeah, why not? Why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So uh, Twitch has suspended President Donald Trump's official channel, citing a violation of Twitch's community guidelines against hateful conduct. A suspension is not the same as a ban, but it's unclear when President Trump's Twitch channel will be reinstated. In a statement provided to IGN, a Twitch spokesperson said, quote, hateful conduct is not allowed on Twitch. In line with our policies, President Trump's channel has been issued a temporary suspension from Twitch for comments made on stream, and the offending content has been removed. I mean, good. Also, what's the president doing streaming on Twitch anyway? Uh, so my understanding is that they're just restreaming some rallies and stuff of his. And I think there's some stuff from 2016 in there. And surprising no one, there's some not so nice things said during that and got flagged. And now here, here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, none of his rallies are like positive uplifting things Uh-oh. like i watch them on the news like a lot of americans do and they are oftentimes filled with bullying hateful messages so i'm glad that twitch is like you know what nah dog you got the news you ain't get you ain't get stream it here yeah <laughs> bye felicia <laughs> the fuck what a weird weird timeline we're in andrea what a weird timeline we're in indeed Brittany. but how about i get you all sorts of excited about this harry potter game rumor thing huh Huh? okay let's do it oh you're a wizard harry okay so this is called open world harry potter game reportedly on track for 2021 release date via polygon harry potter video game an open world recreation of Hogwarts and its surrounding areas is on track for a 2021 release date, according to a Bloomberg report. Early footage of the game leaked in 2018 is authentic, Bloomberg said. Remember that? Hard to believe that was like two years ago. It's crazy. Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment's Avalanche Software, the Utah-based studio behind the Disney Infinity series, is developing the Harry Potter game for multiple platforms, including PS5 and Xbox Series X, according to Bloomberg. Players will reportedly role-play as wizards. It's also one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> Warner Bros. has not publicly confirmed the game's development, but will reportedly reveal it after the DC fandom event in August. Warner Brothers has not responded to Polygon's request for comment, and then Bloomberg has reported that Aval- Avalanche Software Management has not addressed Harry Potter author JK. Is it Rowling or Rowling? It's Rowling. Rowling's recent transphobic statements, which reportedly, quote, made some members of the team uncomfortable. Worth noting that in some other reports, it sounds like she's very hands-off with this project. In early June, CNBC reported that AT&T was interested in selling off its Warner Bros. gaming division. According to that report, Take-Two Interactive EA and Activision Blizzard were all interested in buying the portion of the company. Bloomberg said that neither Rowling's statements nor the potential sale have impacted the game's release schedule. Hmm. Are you you hot and bothered by this? I am. So here's the thing. I am definitely very much excited about the next Harry Potter game. I, as a Harry Potter fan, have been upset and disturbed about everything going on with J.K. Rowling. I haven't gone down the rabbit hole of the latest things that are happening online with her. Obviously, as we have said before, we'll say again, trans lives matter. Trans people are people with thoughts and feelings and deserve to be respected. And that is the stance that everybody should take. And it's really upsetting when people don't take that stance. But we're not here to comment on J.K. Rowling's comments because, quite frankly, like, I ain't got the time. Um, I would rather focus on the idea that 
this game is coming and I'm still excited about it. And you can still be excited about fandoms. I actually thought that uh, Daniel Radcliffe, back when it was really like, it was really making the rounds on social media, he came forward and was like, you're still allowed to like have feelings about the property and connect with these characters. And it does not mean you have to support her or what she says, you know, support, you know, the feelings that you had with these characters. And I'm very much paraphrasing his actual statement is better. If you want to go look it up, please do. Um, But I know that sometimes can be conflicting when artists that we care for and like come out and do something that's really terrible. And you're Mm -hmm. like, well, fuck now, what do I do? And that seems to be, have been prevalent really prevalent in a lot of other forms of art, movies, music, et cetera. But now it's clearly coming into play in video games as well. So it's a, it's a complicated situation, but I am glad that she's not involved in the game development. I think that's good for everybody. <laughs> and hopefully we will get to see more at uh, this Warner Brothers thing. What is it called? What, what's the name of the con that they're doing? DC Fandom. That's right. DC or, Fandom. Or if you want to use the E, Fandom. <laughs> uh, we have a, a question, which really isn't a question, but, you know, we're going to throw it out there anyway, because why the fuck not? It comes from Excess Oddities, who wrote into whatsgoodgames.com slash DearWGG, like you can, friends, and asks, I'm so excited that there's, oh, in all caps, I'm so excited that there's some confirmation for the Harry Potter game. When do you ladies think there will be an official announcement, supposedly sometime after the DC event, but where and when do you expect the first trailer? That there. Yeah. There. That's definitely where I expect the first trailer. And I'm excited to see more. I think if the rumors are true and Avalanche is working on this, I think that that's really exciting. We haven't really heard from them much since their Disney Infinity days. Was that the last thing they worked on? I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Could have been. Um, okay. So here's the thing, Andreas. I, I'm not a, a wizard, believe it or not. I'm not a wizard. I'm a, I'm a face tank person. I like to go in and smack things. Do you think in an open world Harry Potter RPG, is there a future for me without having to go scrim diddly up shits and cast spells and shit? That's a good question. I don't know. Are there face tanks in Harry Potter is what I'm asking. Well, there's other kinds of creatures besides wizards and witches that you could potentially play as, but we don't have any details if you're going to be able to play as anything but a wizard or a witch. So, like, speaking from the lore specifically, what you know about Harry Potter, would it be weird if I smacked things with my broomstick? Yes. Oh. It would be. Yes. All right. Okay. There are just way more successful ways to... hurt things than with a broomstick but you could probably use spells to pick up objects and throw them at people okay all right like dexterity usually isn't my thing either but i can get good at that okay okay you know i'll I'll work on becoming a wizard yeah i don't think yeah i i would look to your love of other games that don't necessarily involve face taking that maybe would inspire you to enjoy this game like say maybe your love of pokemon for example but my pokemon face tank well, but you as a trainer don't face tank. But I as a trainer command my Pokemon to face tank. You can do that. You can command things to face tank for you as a wizard. There we go. Okay. See, now you're talking on terms I understand. Now I yeah. fuck with it. Let's go Harry Potter. Game okay. of the year. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Game of the year. I love it. Um, well, we'll obviously keep tabs on that story and hopefully we'll get more details very soon. All right. Up next. 
So this was actually just breaking this morning. I don't know, Britt, if you want to add some of the new tweets that we've seen about this while I read the IGN story. I got you. Hyperscape. Ubisoft has reportedly ready to reveal a new Battle Royale. So this write-up comes from IGN. Ubisoft is reportedly raring up to tease a new FPS Battle Royale game called Hyperscape. The information arrives thanks to a thread from... from? Esports Insider, once again, this is the second time Slasher has been in the news this today. Oh, wow. Who has learned from sources that Ubisoft is reportedly prepared to tease the game later on Monday. According to Slasher sources, the code the game was codenamed Prisma Dimensions, but will run with the title Hyperscape, which is being developed by Ubisoft Montreal. An image shown in the thread appears to be our first glimpse of the game and its apparent futuristic virtual world. The game will apparently be free to play for both PC and consoles with cross-play functionality. The thread also knows that the game is set to enter a closed beta period next week with a full launch planned on July 12th. As detailed in the thread, Hyperscape has reportedly been built in partnership with Twitch. One of the game's features allows Twitch chat to directly impact the game live with game-changing events. So there's a lot to unpack here. I think the thing that's interesting is that, first off, no surprise if Ubisoft is going to get into the Battle Royale arena. It's actually kind of surprising that it's taken them this long <laughs> but normally we would have gotten there an e3 announcement by now which is where it probably would have happened and ubisoft forward is you know just a week and change away so are they probably going to announce something like this source is probably pointing to yes right if you were to shake the magic eight ball it would say my sources say yes or whatever magic yes. eight ball says Exactly. A full launch planned on July 12th. Now that is something that I have a hard time believing. If you're going to do a cross-play battle royale, you're not going to be like, okay, it's available for everybody to play now. You kind of got to do, you know, either an alpha or a closed technical test and then an open, you know, beta. You have, there's multiple, there's multiple steps that come before doing a a cross-play game, right? Oh yeah. Things were going to break. So that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem right. But maybe that's when the beta is supposed to be happening. Maybe some of these details aren't correct, but maybe the, on Ubisoft Forward Day, they're going to be like, and now go play the beta. I think that seems realistic. Yeah. And on Twitter, so. uh, we see, I've seen a few streamers that I follow actually tweet about this. So the first one I saw came from Zombie Kills who is lovely, and she said, Proud to announce I've been working with Ubisoft on a cool project that is to be revealed July 2nd. It's called Hashtag Hyperscape, and it is a new battle royale. And then she links to prismadimensions.com. And then Kay World Wordly also tweeted, Been working with at Ubisoft for some exciting stuff. You guys aren't ready with four Ys for this battle royale. Thursday, July 2nd on my Twitch. And then she also links to prismadimensions.com, and then she has hashtags Hyperscape. Okay, so why don't we go check out prismadimensions.com and see what's over there. Well, it definitely looks like a sign-up page with Ubisoft's logo on the bottom. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. looks legit. It says, Our World, Your Reality. A word from our CEO. It's been my delight and pleasure to see the spark of greatness in Matthew Eiffel's legendary work and to shepherd it from its nascent beginnings <laughs> to the global hyper-network Prisma Dimensions is today. How far we've come from Eiffel's early work on direct neural stimulation mm-hmm. to being the world's leading multinational technology media mm-hmm. and service company. We could 
only have achieved this with our worldwide workforce of specialized and passionate individuals. Ooh. And I'm excited to soon be sharing our next iteration of cutting edge advances with the world from CEO Dr. Ivy Tan. And if you scroll so this- down, there's another paragraph that's called Enter the Hyperscape. Prisma Dimensions is thrilled to bring you the first iteration of the Hyperscape on July 2nd. Oh, and with it, the pulse-pounding action of Crown Rush. Get ready to drop in the neon-drenched streets of the world's premier virtual city, Neo Arcadia. You'll want to hit the ground running, as you'll need every advantage you can find to give yourself a leg up on the competition. Only the best contenders will make it to the final showdown. Will you claim victory, Andrea, or fall to the perils of the Hyperscape? I love it. I love the hype. Yeah, so it says we'll be unveiled July 2nd. Yeah. So clearly, <laughs> clearly something's happening with Hyperscape on July 2nd. So oh, my, what, what, I danced so much that I put myself, I'm blurry oh, now, I guess, out of focus. I, so, I'll fix it. <laughs> what I think is really interesting about this is I, I see some people in chat talking about how, like, oh, man, yet another Battle Royale. And, like, I feel you. I think, like, the Battle Royale... You know, genre can feel like it's a little fatigued, but I mean, Fortnite is going strong. Apex is going strong. Warzone going strong, right? Even PUBG is still going strong. So I think that there's definitely still room for more people in the Battle Royale genre. I also think that Ubisoft has very clearly indicated that they are good at doing games of service. In fact, they are one of the better publishers at doing games of service. I mean, Rainbow Six Siege, bigger than it's ever been. It's going amazing. Ghost Recon, still going strong. Don't know who's playing, but they're still, they're still putting out updates. Uh, For Honor, also still going strong. And I feel like I'm missing one. Division? The Division, obviously. <laughs> they, just put, they just pushed a new update for Warlords of New York, and they have new content going. I mean, like, so they have absolutely indicated that they are committed to doing online games that, you know, have recurring content drops. So I... I honestly am surprised it took them this long, but maybe they just have been silently working away to make a, a really cool Battle Royale game. Yeah. So, and like you were saying too, I think it just comes down to how do you, Battle Royale is a genre now, kids. It's there, it's official. And it just comes down to, can you innovate and tweak the mechanics in such a way that makes it interesting and different from the rest? And if so, there's a chance for it to stick. And I know a lot of folks roll their eyes, well, another Battle Royale, blah, blah. If it's not for you, obviously that's totally fine, but I think it's important that, you know, at least people continue to continue to try to innovate and develop new mechanics for the genre because that's what continues to push it forward, right? So just keep an open mind. You know, Absolutely. you never know. And I'm excited that it's rumored to be cross-play because if that's true, this will be one of Ubisoft's really first big forays into cross-play with a live service game, and hopefully that means that if they're getting their infrastructure network servers all that in order for crossplay that maybe they'll roll it out for lots of other games like rainbow six or the division there you go so all right well i guess we'll learn more about that later this week but unfortunately if it is revealed we won't have an update for you on friday's show because as i mentioned we're doing our chilu spoiler cast so <laughs> well maybe we'll have to just uh turn the stream on who knows all right next up Brittany. yes Finally, oh. the folks at Rare, Microsoft, have listened. Oh, Sea of Thieves. Oh, I want to do a pirate voice. Sea of Thieves is testing custom servers for content creators. That's not really... <laughs> that was like a... What was that? Yarr, like a, matey. I'm like a British pirate. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> okay. 
Are you going to read the whole story or you want me to read uh, it? Yeah, you know, I can't commit to the pirate voice, but I will read the story. <clears throat> Rare is adding a new feature to Sea of Thieves that will help creative players bring projects together more easily. Private servers <laughs> are coming to the game, <laughs> finally. But the feature is currently in a limited alpha. Fashion shows, legendary races, fishing competitions, and trivia are some of the non-standard activities that players have created and streamed in Sea of Thieves. But the way the game works often hampers such creative efforts. Players can join a host ship, but they cannot join a specific server. If there isn't room on their friendship, they cannot join. Right now, players can work around this restriction by finding someone else on the server willing to share their ship with friends, but that's unreliable and tricky. Custom servers are intended to solve that issue. Right now, we'll be working with established creators and groups with the Sea of Thieves community in order to gather feedback and data. In a blog post on the game's official site, Executive Protest... Producer, but mm, producer Joe Neat shared the following key features and one big drawback over the standard adventure mode. Ability to set up custom adventure server, customization of ship numbers and types prior to starting, generation of a code to distribute to the community members to allow them to join, no gold or reputation progression from custom server sessions. Because custom servers cost money to run, the original test will start small and the feature may eventually become a paid feature in the in-game store that anyone can purchase. This alpha will help determine what features players might want from this eventual server option. Interesting. Hmm. Ah. So, okay, cool. This is, I think this is a step in the right direction yeah. for what I, us here at What's Good Games have always wanted from Sea of Thieves. You know, we had fun playing it a while back and have been interested to go and play more. And I think private servers are a good step, but we still want PVE, right? Yeah. But I guess if you have a custom server, you can probably like not make kill your each own other. PVE. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. <laughs> no, that's the idea, right? Is that like you have a private server, and so you get to set the rules for it, and you can like kick people if you want, and only invite your friends in, and you can just go around and do fun things together. And I think that that's a really good step for Rare to say. Not only are they committed to continuing to support this game, but they want to do more and expand and bring more stuff on board. So Yeah, that's freaking phenomenal. You know, I still think about this game quite often because when I did play it before my ship was sunk, I did have a really great time and it was relaxing and it was just chill and I feel like there's really not another game out there that delivers that experience right now. And I'm so sad that every time I played, it ended in stress and frustration because I would get, you know, GTA. My ship would get GTA to Andrea and it was very um, frustrating and sad and it made me, you know, not want to play anymore. So I haven't. But this is cool. I mean, I would 100% pay for this if, I, if it came down to that. I mean, I don't care. Is there is that common practice where you pay to have a private server? Uh, yes. Is it, it okay? Is. Yeah. I mean, because like they are, like they said, they cost money. money. And the thing is, is like the if you don't make people pay for it, then the devs, what happens is they end up doing all of the work to set up the private server and maintain it. And then people don't use it. And then the publisher or the developer has to maintain it, even if it's not being used. And so you incentivize people to actually like use their server by making them pay for it. Fuck yeah. I would pay for that shit. Let's yeah. go. I'll never forget. That was one of the highlights. I think, was that our first E3 that we played Sea of Thieves, or is that our second? It was. No, it was, it was our, our very first, first E3. <sighs> E3 2017. Oh my gosh. That was so much fun. I think it was shooting Alexa out of a cannon was the highlight of all of that. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes. so good. It's a, yeah, I still have the photo of us on the show floor back when Xbox still had a booth on the show floor. Back when a show floor existed. <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> Rip. Rip. Um, anywho, we'll, um, we'll reach out to our friends at Xbox and see what the process is. If, you know, there's like a application, like how, the, how many people they're letting in. Because if we can get like a private What's Good Game server, that could be fun. Oh, my God. What's Good Mateys? Oh, what? The content writes itself, ladies but and gentlemen. What's Good Mateys? And there's going to be a rule. Okay, there's going to be a rule. <laughs> and every other sentence you have to end with, R. Like, that's, that's how you have to LARP when you're in the server. You know? Can you oh, commit to okay. that? Okay. I mean, no, but um, I, I can attempt to. Okay. After every sentence? Every other sentence. We'll, we'll, every, we'll, we'll compromise. All healthy are, relationships are based off of compromise. And for you, I'm willing to do this. Every other true. sentence can be R. You know, I feel like I can agree to this because I know that you'll stop counting pretty quickly. You think so? I don't know. If you yes. make it a challenge, I won't <laughs> let it go. I will, <laughs> I will call you out. Okay. Okay. Then I I can commit to doing to doing yards every other sentence if you can. Okay, we can start practicing now. No, let's not. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, R. So. Okay. Um, we have some in case you missed it, it's Andrea Renee, that I added in here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. To it. Okay. The first one comes from IGN. The Last of Us Part Two has officially sold through over four million copies as of June twenty first, twenty twenty, making it the fastest selling PS four exclusive ever. And Neil Druckmann had a little statement, as you know, co writer, director, and VP of Naughty Dog. We are so immensely grateful to the millions of fans around the world that have played The Last of Us Part Two and shared their experiences with us over the last week. We set out to tell a new kind of story, one that deals with difficult themes and would challenge you in unexpected ways. Hearing how the experience has resonated with so many of you and witnessing the type of thoughtful discussions it has sparked has been so incredible does this yeah, surprise yeah, you yeah. not at all yeah no. not at all uh, and congratulations to naughty dog and to sony interactive entertainment and all the other people that worked on this title that is an amazing feed four million copies in opening week is something <laughs> that very few video games um ever accomplish i mean selling four million copies total is something that very few video games accomplish. So no doubt that they will continue to sell copies uh, for many years to come. And um, congrats to everybody on a job well done. Am I surprised? Absolutely not. This game has been one of the most anticipated games for years since Sony originally debuted back at PSX. And so... Oh, yeah, that was uh, a long time ago. Not, not shocking. <laughs> not shocking. I think it was, was it Belinda Garcia who tweeted out, don't ever tell me that a woman on the cover won't sell copies or something like that. It was Belinda. Yeah, yeah I retweeted girl. that. She's great. And that's a very, Reach very it. valid point. And I think that a lot of video game marketing has understood that and has started to move beyond that. I think Horizon Zero Dawn was also indicative that a woman on a cover can sell a bunch of video games, as is, you know, Lara Croft and some other female protagonists. But I, I'm glad that we are finally, as an industry, ready to accept, like, you know, like there can be other kinds of characters on the front of video games, except for, you know, white guy with brown hair, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, it was really great watching Ellie as a character, not only as like a young female, but as like a gay young female as well, saying like, hey, like she can be just as relatable to people as, you know, a dude in his 40s with a beard can. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. We'll have lots more to say about Tilu, of course, on the spoiler cast, (gasps) so we're not going to dive into that here. So much to say. All right. Next, Universal Studios Japan has postponed Super Nintendo World theme parks opening 
indefinitely due to COVID-19. So yeah, basically stay inside, wear a mask. Please don't spread, don't spread your shit so the world can go back to normal. But what's interesting about this is that the theme park is mostly done at this point. The restaurants, the rides, the construction. I don't know if you've seen any of the photos that have come out recently, but I've only seen what the one photo that came out with the uh, story that came out today. Oh, okay. There's just, it just looks so much fun. And I've literally dreamt of something like this since I was a little girl, but that what they're worried about is people coming because obviously everyone's going to want to come see the new theme park. So they have opened the rest of Universal Studios. They opened it on June 8th, I believe. But they are not opening this one just because they want to try to avoid the crowds. So sounds like until, you know, people stop spreading this thing, they're not going to open it. So please do your part. Do it for Super <sighs> Nintendo World. Yeah, I it's. It's a bummer, of course, but, you know, I tweeted the recent statement from the World Health Organization this morning about how there's now been over 10 million global cases, and it's like, like, theme parks, some theme parks, it feels like they could do the social distancing thing, but I just, I feel like there's just too many people who are refusing to do common sense methods to keep other people safe and it's like yo you're really ruining it for everybody like yeah. we could do this we could assimilate and we could get life back to normal if all you do is just follow the rules and it's it's not that hard please we're all bored wash we're, your hands we're all going wear crazy, a mask but stay, okay. stay away from people <laughs> alas i'm sorry brett someday i will take you to the nintendo amusement oh, park you and hear we the- will buy like really amazing nintendo themed sweets and drinks and we will have fun and take lots of photos you hear that chat she's gonna wine and dine me and take me to super nintendo world like that would be i don't think you and i've ever gone on an official date before like a romantic date i don't know if we're allowed to i don't know the husbands would be okay with that but if our first date is super nintendo world girl um i love that you said the husbands because i think we both know neither of our husbands would care but i'm sure your wifey would care my wifey Mm Hmm. one christine steimer Mm. <laughs> oh, my wife, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, she's just always in my mind that sometimes I forget about her being my wife. <laughs> please change the story before I dig myself into a deeper hole, please. Oh, my, for the love of God. I, I got you. Okay. Um, continuing on with some, in case you missed it, um, the Ubisoft CEO, Yves Guillermo, has made an official statement this morning in regards to the misconduct allegations that came against the company last week. Um, his quote was, these actions are in total contradiction with our values, with what I want for Ubisoft. The company we hold dear must offer a welcoming and respectful environment allowing everyone to flourish. I will not accept anything less. Guillermo said the company was setting up a multidisciplinary working group with an external partner in order to, quote, come up with better solutions and tools to detect, report, and resolve any incidents or serious problems without delay and in an impartial manner. So that, of course, is in response to the wave of allegations that came out last week. And as we mentioned on Friday's show, we chose not to dig into that because, quite frankly, there was just too much to cover. And we didn't want to cover it. So if you guys want to learn more about everything that's happening with Ubisoft and those allegations, you're welcome to go look them up on a variety of other video game news outlets. Uh, But we wanted to call out that you did make an official statement about it. And, of course, Ubisoft is like, yo, this sucks. We got to fix this. So that's good to hear that they are working with a multidisciplinary group that is an external partner. 
All right, continuing on, via Eurogamer, Microsoft has dismissed claims that the recent registration of the Twitter accounts for the games Perfect Dark and Fable, Fable are indicative of potential new games. But Brittany says, I call BS. The plot thickens, Andrea, like a bowl of chowder. I don't think that worked. I don't know if it makes sense, the chowder reference, but I tried. I tried to think, like, what's a thick soup, a thick, creamy soup? And chowder is what came to mind. I mean, you, that's that's accurate, yeah. You think, yeah, like a big, thick bowl of chowder. Okay, anyway, yeah. food sounds great. <laughs> All right, so I've been, I've been wanting me some Fable for a very long time. I know there are lots of Perfect Dark fans out there, and I appreciate you and I see you, but, like, if I had to choose one or the other, like, bye. Let's in sync with say bye, bye, bye. So over the weekend, someone found two Twitter accounts, at Fable, F-A-B-L-E, and at Perfect Dark Game. The names, like, those were the handles. The names of the account, Placeholder. The account's locked. Ooh. Okay, so then Warren from The Verge first reported on them, and everyone got all sorts of hot and bothered and excited. Skirts were being flown up. Switches were being flipped. Pencils were being sharpened. That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, it caused a stir. It caused a stir. Pencils are being sharpened. Like, people still write with pencils. (laughs) God, you're right. They don't. (laughs) Uh, The plot was thickening and stirring again like the chatter. And then finally, Xbox marketing boss Aaron Greenberg came in, and he was like, I know everyone is hungry for news, but sorry to get your hopes up. These accounts have been inactive for years. It's standard practice to secure social handles for our IP. Sure. However, Andrea, however, Fable, Fable's account was created in March. This March, March of 2020. Right. Perfect Dark was created earlier this month. Okay. So then, however, the Perfect Dark account tweeted the following, that they are just a fan who created the account, but that Ken Lobb, the original game producer, had sent a follow request, so they accepted it, because then the news came out, oh my god, the original dude is following this account, it has to be legit, and now Perfect Dark's Twitter account says that they're not affiliated with Microsoft. Uh, So that's Hmm. that, but the Fable account is still untouched, and it's just literally F-A-B-L-E, it's private, it says placeholder, I say that this bowl of chowder is going to turn out to be the most delicious bowl of tomato bisque in the world, and it's going to be Fable, huh? Tomato bisque. Um, you know, just my beard says me, I girl. love a thick walk bisque. Um, I think it's fishy, Brittany. I agree. Okay. I think there's something fishy like happening, and I'm guessing it'll all become clear at Xbox's first party stream that's supposed to happen in July. I know that the Fable rumors have been going around for a long time. I think Xbox could absolutely benefit from a large-scale fantasy RPG in their portfolio again because they've been missing one. And PlayStation is coming with nothing but the hits so far in their first-party portfolio. So we're waiting, Xbox. Yeah, Playground You got games. a bunch of studios under your belt now. We're just waiting patiently for something. I remember we first started talking about this and covering it in the old studio in San Francisco. I think it was 2017 when we first started talking about it-ish. Because mm-hmm. the rumors, Playground Games is working on it. Oh, they own Playground Games. Like, I feel like it just makes sense. But we'll see. We'll see soon. If it's not announced next month, I'm going to be real sad. But I've been saying I- that for years. I feel like I want to spend some time going back and playing some Fable, so I have like a touch point because I've never really played Fable. I played Fable, that the four-player co-op Fable thing that was that was the last thing that they released like a long time ago, like at a press event. That was like the only Fable interaction I had. Uh, I don't even remember what the name of that thing was. Was it a main Fable years game? Because I know one of them supported co-op, and then they released the Fable Fortune card game a couple years ago. 
But, legends, that might have been it, Panzerg. Mm, Fable Legends. But yeah. it's been so long. So what Fable should I go check out if I wanted to get like a little sample Fable? Ooh, I would say Fable 2. I mean, I like them all. It's just been a hot minute since I've played them. But I have really fond memories of the first Fable that I feel like that it hasn't probably aged all that well. But uh, Keylock MVP also says Fable 2 in chat. Gregory Gunn says Fable 2. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Yeah. So well, here's what we'll do. To... When Kingdoms of Amalur comes out, I'll play that and you can play Fable 2. Oh, I'm definitely playing Kingdoms of Amalur <laughs> Re-Reckoning. That's happening. That's absolutely happening. <laughs> I love that game. Mm-hmm. So excited. August. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that is going to do it for the news for today. We have a couple of your questions for Dear WGG. We might have time to squeak one in from chat. Um, if you guys have one. And the first one we're going to ask, of course, is from whatsgoodgames.com slash DRWGG, where if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app or if you're watching this on youtube.com slash whatsgoodgames, don't forget, you can still be part of the show, even if you can't join us live, by dropping your question in to whatsgoodgames.com slash DRWGG. And this first question comes from David slash Jack. What are your stranded on a deserted island video games? Selection of games that you could play and never get tired or takes a very long time to complete. <laughs> oh, wow. We answered this question years ago. I we remember, did. I mean, granted, it was years ago, so we should 100% answer it again because I don't even remember what I said. I remember, though, one of your answers was Tetris. Yes, it yeah. was because I was like, this is a game that you can literally play endlessly. And you can just keep playing it forever. And I still stand by that. Tetris is a great game. But if I only got one game, I don't know if Tetris would be the one game. I don't know if I want to make that caveat that I only get one. Let's see. Because selection of game that you could play and never get tired takes a long time to complete. He says selection. Selection usually means more than one. That's That's why I added the S. Okay. I imagine it's a selection of games, like a small, like a small library. Like you don't get access to your entire like Xbox Game Pass library. You get like, let's say you get like five games. The first, the first game that comes to mind, and even though I've never finished this game personally, I feel like it would be a good choice would be Skyrim. Because I feel like that yeah. game just has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours worthy of gameplay. And then you can, every time you play it, you can play it differently, right? Depending on what kind of build you want to do or blah, 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 blah. So I feel like Skyrim would be definitely on there. It would scratch that RPG itch and that, you know, if you're stuck on an island, I feel like, you know, you're going to want a change of scenery. And maybe, you know, Skyrim would, would provide that for you. Yeah, I think Skyrim is a fantastic choice, especially since it doesn't have like a multiplayer online element. Yeah. That you can essentially just keep playing the same build of that game over and over again. Um, that's, really, that's a really good choice. I'd say probably a farming sim because I feel like those games also have really high replay value and they're good for like little chunks here and there. So if I'm like, you know, scavenging and trying to get my dinner for the night like a boar or some shit, I have 10 minutes. I might as well just like play and water my crops in Stardew Valley before I go hunt my boar. You know what I mean? Collect some coconuts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never really appreciated that aspect of a farming sim because as I mentioned, I don't. I don't really do a lot of farming sims. I've done a couple like iOS farming sim types in the past. 
But I feel like I would want those games to be updated and I would get tired of the content relatively quickly. So that's tough. And I've never really had a game that I go back and play over and over again. But I think that maybe a puzzle game like Peggle could work. And I know we talked a lot about Peggle recently because of EA Play Live and how we were hoping to see Peggle 3. But like because of the style of that puzzle game, I think it was a game that has a lot of like replayability. Mm -hmm. And that could be that could be a fun one. I think that's a really good one. So so far we've listed Skyrim, Stardew Valley, Peggle. Now are you not choosing Animal Crossing because of the online shenaniganry? I'm not choosing Animal Crossing because there's so much of that game that involves you being able to go to other people's islands to get recipes and to get DIYs, to get variations of things. And Mm -hmm. if I can't do that with other people, it takes a big part of that game away from me. If they gave me Animal Crossing, they just unlocked all of the items in the game for me. Different story. Okay. Like, I'm already, like, getting to a point where I am a little frustrated that there's still a lot of, like, DIY recipes that I have no way to get. And I'm, like, looking at my, like, nook miles just piling up because there's nothing else that I can buy. And I'm like, are they going to add variations to the items in my nook miles shop that I can buy? Are they going to add different items? Like, I wish there was a way that you could buy. I mentioned this on the podcast a couple weeks back. I wish there was a way that you could buy more DIY recipes with your nook miles than is currently available. It's like they just keep rotating the same fences in and out. And I'm like, I don't oh. I already have all the DIYs for all the fences. I don't need to learn them again. Like give me something else. Give me furniture DIYs. Give me like, you know, flooring. Give me wallpaper. Something. Something different besides fences. You're just too good. You're just too good at the crossing of the animal variety. Oh, um ooh, this is a good one. In chat, someone mentioned Fire Emblem Three Houses. Now, that's a good one because you, there are the three different stories within that, right? The three different classes or what are they called? Schools or I don't know what the actual official term is. It's been like a few months since I played that. It's been a lot longer than that. Anyway, you can go through it differently. That's interesting. I guess that would be a really good one, actually. That's a few hundred hours of gameplay right there. Okay. That's a good one. Someone also mentioned Sims. Which oh, Stormbringer, you missed it. Tetris was the first one we said. Yeah. Because we had answered a similar question a, a little while ago. But something for you all to think about. What yeah. would your game be that you would need literally thousands of hours of playtime in? Oh, uh, hmm. I wonder if I could cheat and squeeze all the Yakuza games into one. I mean, <laughs> you probably could. You could just bring your Yakuza collection. Perfect. Who yeah, needs that over survival equipment? Just give me my Kiryu and Majima and I'm good. There you go. There we go. Um, all right. Another question we have from Rocket Scientist, a.k.a. Keith. Which games do you think have the best music, which makes you really feel something and build to an awesome moment? For me, the epitome was when I used to run Sword for the Crota Raid in Destiny 1. The music picks up and you feel like a goddamn superhero, godkiller, badass mofo. Yeah, girl. Oh, and I miss my old raid group. Love what you do and keep on being awesome. Awesome. Hmm. Um, that is an amazing moment if anybody played D1, played the Crota Raid. is one of the best raids. I often have light banter with other Destiny fans about is Vault of Glass or is Crota the best raid in Destiny. And it's that is a great moment. And, and music in video games is so powerful and so impactful. Um, Britt, I know you've got an answer to this. I do. I would say the one that comes to mind most recently is Final Fantasy VII, the remake. There's, oh yes oh dude there's the i mean i don't i won't 
Sephiroth is in the game. Oh my god, so spoilers. Who would have thought? Spo- that's not it's a spoiler. Not, yeah, it's definitely not a spoiler. Don't at me. Uh, but there's a part in the game where the music just like literally l- lines up with what your actions are and where you're at and with that particular encounter. And there were moments where I just stopped the game or well, you can't really stop it, but I put it into um, – Oh, I don't know. I can't remember what the terminology is, but where you would pause it and everything's moving really slow, you know, because you can change, put in your next action or action input. And it's just like real time the, something mode. Tactical. No, what was the name tactical, of that mode? Uh, it all blends into one at one point. Yeah. It's the thing where you push the button and it slows down time so you can put in your next input. That. But the way the music would, was going, I would just stop and listen to it. And it just it literally brought me to tears because it was so well done. And I've always been such a fan of that song. Even in the original Final Fantasy VII, that encounter with Sephiroth at the end of the original game, as he descends and one winged angel starts playing, that also just gets me every time. So that's like my number one pick. That is a really good pick, and I never obviously appreciated the music of Final Fantasy because I'd never really played Final Fantasy, and I absolutely adored the music in Final Fantasy VII Remake and thought it was phenomenal, Um, super great moments, but I think when I think about moments that make me emotional or elicit some kind of feeling or have some kind of crescendo, I always just keep going back to Mass Effect soundtrack because it's so iconic and so good. And those quiet, soft piano moments that like lead up to the moments with the Reapers. And it's just, it, it, it stirs up all the feels and is something that like, if you hear even a snippet of it, it's like so recognizable and just love the Mass Effect music so much. <sighs> so good. But so there was good. one moment that I always think about when we talk about video game music. It was a boss fight in Darksiders 2. And I was funny, I was talking with Alana Pierce about this too, because she she called it out. And I always forget what the name it's like the Guardian song. Let me see. Darksiders 2 boss song. And this boss is this giant it's like it's out on the Abyssal Plains, that's the name of it. And you kind of are in this smaller area of the game and then it like opens up to this big plane where you have to fight this like really, really big boss. And so the scale of it is really massive. It, the scale feels a little bit like Shadow of the Colossus in the sense that it's like you're a tiny little thing next to this big giant that you're fighting. And then the, the music in that section is just so great. Mm. Yeah, the Abyssal Plains is what it's called. There's so um, many good moments. I, I love that when you when the music just really amplifies the experience. This kind of counts, but I think also about Resident Evil 2 Remake when I had the original soundtrack on and I ran through Raccoon City in the beginning and the minute I walked into RPD and the traditional music started playing, like that was another super emotional moment. It wasn't, I mean, I guess that counts for this question. Yeah, it was an OG soundtrack and just knowing that you're playing like this remake of this incredible survival horror game 20 years later-ish and then it's like, boom, boom. The music kicked in. That was awesome, too. Hmm. Dragon Age Origins also has some really good moments, too. When you're around the campfire and chatting with everyone, and there's that like kind of somber music playing in the background. Ugh. <laughs> so many. Oh, video game music. I need to buy more soundtracks. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. It's not something some- I do very often. I thought about like getting into the vinyl collecting that's happening there's apparently this giant boom in creating vinyls for yeah. a video game soundtrack that's been happening for the last couple of years and i've seen a lot of really cool designed ones and i was like but i don't have a vinyl player and i don't know if i would actually use it i feel like it's just something i would buy and it would like sit on a shelf 
Yeah, that's turn yeah. I think even Earthbound got a vinyl or something not that long ago, and that's one of my favorite games. But I had to be like, okay, no, I have nowhere to put this. Like literally nowhere. Just step away. I do have a Divinity yeah. Original Sin two vinyl, which is sitting somewhere. Which I probably will display it once I get my new shelves put up, Andrea, that I got over the weekend behind What? Me. New shelves? I love decorating. What? It's going to be great. Gonna this be is great. so exciting, Brittany. Where are the shelves going to go? They're going to get behind me. So the ones behind me I've had since, oh, I don't know, like six years. They've been, they've been around the world with me, ladies and gentlemen. And around the world, I mean from like Seattle to like where I'm at right now. So not very far. <laughs> <laughs> just a little west coast jaunt not a big deal but i i'm do i want something a little different these are fine they do the job but i want something a little brighter a little bit more like you know since i pretty much live in this room now i gotta, I yeah. gotta spruce it up we gotta get you some leds yeah you gotta get the totally. you gotta get the lights going yep that's oh i'm so excited <laughs> Well, we have lots to talk about after the show, I guess. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out for this episode of What's Good Games Live. We're glad that you guys were able to join us today. As we mentioned, there will be no What's Good Games Live next Monday. We will be back with WGG Live on Monday, July 13th, because we will be off for the holiday weekend. And we hope that you guys will check out our The Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast on Friday. And don't forget, tomorrow we are streaming again starting at 12 p.m. Pacific time. You can catch it right here on our Twitch channel or on GameSpot.com. And we have uh, some fun stuff planned. Stuff is happening, Brittany. It is. Yeah. Get ready. Hold on to your gluteus maximuses. <laughs> Maximi. Unlike, I love that you went that route. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you next time. Bye.